Listener-driven Jazz 88. Joining us on the morning show, Dr. Anupam Karbanda, Chief of Critical Care Services at Children's Minnesota. Doctor, you just published some new research on immunocompromised adults in COVID-19 that was published by the CDC. Tell us a little bit more about what we've learned of the impact of COVID-19 on immunocompromised people. So this study came out of what we were seeing as uh, clinicians um, in the hospital. We were noting that obviously those patients who were over age 65, as well as those with active cancer or other um, rheumatologic conditions, seem to be having more severe illness. So because of that, um, our network that I'm part of, it's called the Vision Network. It's a, a group of seven hospital systems across the country began looking at rates of vaccine effectiveness among healthy adults versus those who are immunocompromised. And immunocompromised would be those people who have active cancer, an organ transplant, you know, someone who's got a rheumatologic condition. And these are all patients over age 18. And we looked to see if you were vaccinated, what were the chances of having an infection? And what we found that the vaccine effectiveness was lower among our immunocompromised patients. And so the vaccine effectiveness was about 77% among those Mm -hmm. who are immunocompromised versus 90% for our healthy adults. So we saw a drop. Because of this, the recommendations have come out for booster shots. But that just gives you a background of, of why we began thinking of this and what and what the results were. Real quick, I know I'm fully vaccinated and have my booster. I know if I were to get COVID, it should be a less severe case than if I was unvaccinated. Are you finding the same thing in immunocompromised adults or are they more susceptible to severe COVID even if they are vaccinated? You know, that is a a, a great question. If you've been vaccinated and boosted and you're a healthy person, we very clearly are seeing that the, the type of illness you get if you have a breakthrough infection is more mild. That is uh, my, been my clinical experience and what my colleagues have seen. Now, among those who are immunocompromised, what we see is that it also has a similar effect, but it is blunted. So if you're immunocompromised, what you need to do is have layered protection. So that means that you need to wear a face mask in public areas. You need to be a little more careful about gatherings. And that's because even though you are protected, we are seeing that if you do have a breakthrough infection and you're immunocompromised, you're more likely than your healthy colleagues to end up in the hospital. So that is why among those groups, we recommend the boosting, recommend face masks, and recommend you know still being careful in congregate sort of settings. We just had uh, a vaccines for kids ages 5 to 11 approved. I know that at 12 for 17 has been approved for a, a little bit here. Are you seeing some similar effects in immunocompromised children? We are. I I think it hasn't been as pronounced as we saw in adults. And the reasons for that are not entirely clear, meaning why are children getting COVID at a a lower rate than adults in the community? But if you look at the pediatric population, who's ending up at Children's Minnesota with COVID, it tends to be those who have extremes in weight, meaning they have a BMI greater than 30, so they're obese. Those who have an underlying medical condition, like a rheumatologic condition, an active cancer, those individuals, even if they're pediatric age group who are seen more of in the hospital than we are seen of those who are healthy. 
you know, the healthy kids who are in schools and stuff, we don't really see severe disease among them. That's good to know. Boosters have just been made available to all adults, not just immunocompromised adults. A couple of quick questions about that. Does it matter what type you get? Do you know if we're at a place where we're mixing and matching yet, or should you try and get the manufacturer from your original series? There was a really nice study that came out in the Lancet last week, study out of England that looked at this and they looked at seven different combinations and they found that it really didn't matter. The big okay. thing was getting boosted. You know, if you go to a vaccine clinic and you, you had Pfizer as your primary series, get Pfizer, or if they're offering Moderna, get Moderna. It doesn't matter. And similarly, if you had Johnson & Johnson as your primary series, you can go ahead and get the Pfizer or the Moderna as on top of it. Any of these will give you added protection. Again, it's about layering protection. The first doses that we received that I received and you received, they help to prime your immune system. They help with that antibody production. These booster shots are helping with our T cell or our long-term immunity. They help okay. us prevent the infection for a much longer period of time. And that's why they're being recommended. When I got my initial series, I know I had to wait two weeks after that second shot. I was on the two dose Moderna shot um, before of my immunity was fully in effect. When you get a booster, is there a similar waiting period that we should be mindful of? Yes. I think that's the same time period of 10 to 14 days is, is thought to be there. You know, there's no hard concrete rule here, but in mm -hmm. general, what the CDC is, is recommending is that after your second dose, it's 10 to 14 days. And then after your booster dose, which is six months later, you wait another 10 to 14 days, at which time you're fully immunized. Dr. Carbanda, anything else you want to add about why I should get a vaccine, even if I'm not immunocompromised and what we can be doing to help kids who are too young to get vaccinated? The first thing I would say is that I look at this as our civic duty, getting vaccinated. You know, in general, illness is mild for those who are healthy. But when you begin to have infection that's throughout the entire community, and you have community spread, there are going to be people who are going to get sick who are healthy. And we're seeing that in our hospitals. In Minnesota, our hospitals and ICUs are full and they're full of both healthy and immunocompromised individuals. The best way to prevent that is to get vaccinated. You're vaccinating yourself to protect your immunocompromised colleagues at work, your parents <laughs> who are over age 65, as well as the children who are immunocompromised. The vaccines, they're safe. They're highly effective. If you have a breakthrough infection, which will occur, we, we see that with the, when we get vaccinated with the flu vaccine, the symptoms will be much milder. Both my kids have been vaccinated so that if they do have a breakthrough infection, it'll be milder in them. There'll be less days missed of school, less days missed of work. All of these are reasons why we should pursue the vaccine. And the public should know that the degree to which this vaccine has been studied for safety has been unheard of in our country. And our colleagues are doing this independently to ensure that this vaccine is not only safe for, for children, but for adults and, and immunocompromised individuals. All the available data has showing that it is, it's extremely safe as well as highly effective. The way for us to help to get out of this pandemic is for all of us to get vaccinated. These are safe vaccines. And I would encourage everyone to go ahead and get a primary series as well as to get boosted uh, if you're eligible. Dr. Nupam Karbanda, Chief of Critical Care Research at Children's Minnesota, thanks so much for diving into vaccines with us this morning. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time.